everyone. This is the Easy Allies podcast. I'm your moderator, Kyle Bossman. And joining us this week, Ian Hink. Hi. Ben Moore. Hi. And Brandon Jones. You who? <laughs> oh, don't you who me. Whoa. Ian, what's your goal this week? Okay, by the end of this podcast, mm-hmm. I want to not have the song from Footloose that goes, Everybody cut, everybody cut, stuck in my head anymore. So that's why th- we began this podcast dancing. Yeah. It was in your head at that I moment. I want to not have it stuck in my head mm-hmm. anymore at the end. Do you remember before the goof, a goofy movie, there was this weird video where it's like, it's a parody of that song, but it's like, Dr. Something's Remedy. Wow. Drawing blanks. That's Ben, what's your goal? What's weird, though, is that movie's come up for me like six times this week. A Goofy movie is a six times? People have been been talking about Goofy movie this week. Is it Dr. Looney's Remedy? Let me, corrections next week. Corrections next week. Now I've got DuckTales stuck in my head for some reason. Ben, what is your goal? Also musical to incorporate song lyrics into the conversation. It's a good one. I've tried it. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. Have you tried it? Yeah. Oh, I wanted that to be new. It's new to you, baby. Okay. It's new to you. You'll do a better job than I do. TGIF. Jones, go ahead. What's your goal? My goal is to sing the song Footloose. God <laughs> bless it. Jones, that is very funny. It's very good. That's pretty good. Uh, I just handed that one to you. My goal is to say that someone belongs in the electric chair. <laughs> Whoa. 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 Wait, one Look. of us or just anyone? It could, oh, it just could anyone. be anybody. Yeah, okay. yeah, just anybody. anybody. It could be one of you. Could be the Red Eagle. Could we'll be one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's begin corrections music. Begin corrections <laughs> Music, you, I just said that. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo of Europe and Japan officially puts Mini in the name of the Nintendo Classic consoles. Huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. They just said Classic Mini. It's so t- silly. Uh, or cool. Hey, that's cool. Sega Forever is controller compatible. You can you can use a controller with your phone yep. if, you, if you so choose. Whoa, yep. You mean you tried it? I haven't. I just knew oh, that. True, true. Oh, true. Yeah, if you want to get a peripheral, I knew that. there's all sorts of games you can play. Yeah, I have yeah. one of those... Um, Oh, now I can't remember what it's called. 8-Bit Dough, I yeah, think. Yeah, 8-Bit Controllers yeah. that you can yeah, hook to your phone. Tell me, that, does it suck? Does it suck to use a controller with your phone? I have not used it with my phone. I used it with my Raspberry Pi. Oh. Ooh. Depending on the game, there was a tiny bit of latency. But yeah, that might just be through the HDMI, through the projector. Who knows? Practice legal emulation. Uh, that Crash Bandicoot commercial wasn't actually shot at the Nintendo offices. That was fascinating, yeah. yeah. I saw that correction. Yeah, it's cool. Hmm. That was the Naughty Dog offices. Hmm. Yeah. I feel deceived. Uniracers is not a Super FX game, as Bloodworth claimed it was. Oof. Ooh, in your face, blood! <laughs> uh, the reason it's never been re-released is because DMA, is that what that company was called? Correct. Uh, they were sued by Pixar because those unicycles look too similar to a unicycle that starred in a Pixar short. And if I could do a little editorial for a second, I just think like, I just think at that time, it's early, we're, we're just figuring things out with CG and video games and stuff like that. And I feel like you can independently come up with the idea of unicycle. It's not a good idea, but you're just like, that's the first, you didn't, nobody sat down saying, I want to make a game about unicycles. That right. idea came second to what you started building and playing around it's with. It's a simple I think machine. in both cases. Yeah. yeah. They're like, what can we model? Yeah. It's easier than a bike. It's a unicycle. Hey, wait, did wheel. you uh, did you start the corrections music? Oh yeah, it's yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Rogue. <laughs> oh, I knew. Uh, does not have penguins. Turns out those are no. great auks. Correct. Which, by the way, are penguins. Ah. They're penguins. 
They're similar. Like, tell me they're if not If you were to penguins. find a person on the street and show them a picture of a great auk, they would most likely say that's a penguin. Yeah, they look very much like penguins. They're penguins. They're penguins. And but I either like way, they're, they're great. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would also like to add, I mentioned polar bears. I don't think anybody heard me. I have a second. But it I did mention has polar bears. Polar, there are definitely polar bears. Yeah. In Egypt? Oh, in Rogue. In yeah. Rogue. Okay, that makes Well, hey, we haven't played the game yet, so yeah. wouldn't that be a coup? There's a giant snake. And correction music, please. <laughs> okay, so, look, everybody. It's the summertime. Summer. It's post E3. Post E3. <laughs> and I kind of relate it. I relate it a lot to sports radio where uh, they have to stretch a lot in the summer. All they have is baseball. Basketball is not happening. Football is not happening. Not even hockey. All you have is the the summer baseball games that barely even matter to just create your, gen- your stories with. You know what I mean? You got to generate material off what you got. Question. I yeah. have a question. Yeah. Do you think people who are all sports and no video games, the way that I am all video games and no sports, Mm -hmm. would find it as unbelievable that someone could just talk about video games as much as we do, as I find it unbelievable that someone could talk about baseball as much as like ESPN does? I do think that. You think it's like there's a corollary there? Yeah, I do think. Like, how could you possibly talk about video games yeah. all week? What is Every there to say? Week? Yeah. Whereas I'm like, what is there to say? They're running around a square. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think because I don't know what I'm talking about. There are podcasts out there for everything. It's a and that's diamond. What is a diamond but a square? It's true. It's true. You just turn that square on its point. That's a diamond. <laughs> that's a diamond right there. Son. <laughs> you got a game now. You got a game. You can run around it. Could not making fun of anyone with that voice. Oh, I love that voice. Yeah. I know. We are, we're pro that voice. Yeah. We're pro that voice. They're good we're pictures not making fun of voice. anybody. Huh? <laughs> there are good pictures with that voice. I like oh, Cespedes. I don't know. Okay. Cespedes. Kotaka reported this week that Mass Effect Andromeda would not ever, will not ever have any single player DLC. Here's what happened. <laughs> There's a widespread uh, Facebook post. Wow. That was like a fake rumor about there being no DLC for Mass Effect Andromeda. And Kotaku says, yeah, I mean, that's very clearly fake, but it's also true. Uh, I kind of like this report. <laughs> uh, it's also true. And sorry, the report wasn't true, but it's true that there is no DLC coming to the story. Uh, Schreier wrote this, by the way. Jason Schreier. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, oh, and so the, that's a reality. There's definitely... Obviously, the DLC could still happen, but based off this report, based off everything we know, uh, we've already read reports that Mass Effect Andromeda is basically the end of the franchise for a while, that there's no sequel in development, EA is cooling off of it. And so that's our story, that's what we're left with, and so my question to the panel is, here's what happened with EA and Bioware. They never said there would be DLC. Uh, They never really hinted. The closest they got was saying, uh, we'll talk about that later, when people asked about the story Mm -hmm. DLC. (laughs) We'll say no later. Yeah, and so I, I want to know if there was an obligation uh, to the audience to say this sooner, to not let it be a Kotaku report. Why would there be? I guess because of the expectation with Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. Did 1 have DLC? Anyway, with Mass Effect... It did. It did oh, okay. DLC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this franchise has always had pretty cool story DLC coming out after the game, and I think it's definitely an expectation. You would expect coming into Mass Effect Andromeda that it will be continued through interesting but and good I think the question DLC. is, is there a, a Mass Effect Andromeda consumer out there that would not have purchased Mass Effect Andromeda had they known that there would be no story DLC? Like, right. is, that, is that an out for someone? Well, I'm not going to waste my time. If I can't then take that character I've spent 40, 50, 60 hours with into more adventures down the road. In the case of this game, if that was the straw that broke the camel's back, that seems extreme for me. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
Seems unlikely. So yeah, I don't. To me, expectation does not equal like is not the same as being owed something. Like we don't deserve Mass Effect Andromeda DLC. Mm-hmm. We might expect it, but they don't owe it to us or I... anyone. So they should be silent forever. They should just kind of never acknowledge that there's no story DLC coming. I mean, it's kind of like, a th- I mean, like, yeah, there's an expectation there, but like if I'm a company that makes hats and I used to put out green feathers for my hat, I, I, I don't know where I got any of this, but I used to <laughs> yeah. put out green feathers for my hats, but like, we're not putting out green feathers for this one. Like, I don't have to say anything about that. I just don't do it. You have to. People are saying the green feathers are my favorite part. Those are my favorite part of your other hats. And I think that's really honestly the case with some Mass Effect games. I mean, with three, the Citadel, like, everybody, yeah, that's their favorite part. Yeah, and even two, you got some cool characters actually hopped in afterward with that DLC stuff. Man, I can't... Two made me so sad. What's her name? The, what, the one I dated, the, Liara? She who was did so, you date? I don't she know. She was so mean to me in that game, and it made me depressed. We've talked about this, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I'm upset. I figured I would have mentioned it. Never yeah. mind. She's I, so weird to you in two. I, I had no attachment, so I was cool with that. It is yeah. something though that's that's tough we for me to 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 push a publisher to do is to make that purely bad announcement. Like an right, announcement right. that's just all it's all bad. You know, like there's nothing really to save face out of that. Sure. It's just, oh hi, excuse me. Uh bad news. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Why did you get my attention for that? Yeah. Um Yeah, our game sucks or end of life. I mean, look it. at Rockstar. It's like GTA five got nothing at all. Yes. And GTA 4 got two fantastic, the second one was amazing, mm-hmm. uh, DLC components, like yes. story-driven DLC, along with, you know, I don't know, did GTA 4 get any, like, extra guns, or was that, that was all tied in with the expansions, wasn't it? They didn't, like... Like, they added bikes. Just throw new outfits in there, like... They added was, motorcycles for uh, yeah. that one first DLC pack. Or I think motorcycles are in it, but yeah. they, they added different types of motorcycles. Yeah. Like, the, the big, wide... Choppers. Yeah, the choppers, yeah. I don't think we're in there. So, yeah, exactly. But, like, that DLC had the new expansions that are just purely online these days for GTA V. But, like, yeah, Vice five is City like continually and San Andreas didn't get any expansions. So it really was just kind of exclusive to 4. So I- I've never really, like, snubbed my nose at thing. Rockstar for how they handled it. I know Huber's You absolutely should, because they, we could find quotes where they absolutely did hint that story DLC was coming. In their, From in their them. position. Yes. That I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. GTA to me, 5. that's much worse. Like, yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, and then and then if you go silent, that's mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. But, like, since they never said, to my knowledge, Mass Effect and Drama will, will have DLC lying in the sand, then it's like, yeah, all right. And yeah. I'm, For them, it, it's yeah. better PR to have Kotaku break it than them saying it, because Brandon's right. It's just bad. It's like admitting defeat. It's like, hey, our game didn't sell well and was largely terrible, critically, re- reception-wise, uh, you know, so we're not gonna do DLC. That's bad. That looks makes our company look bad. Whereas Kotaku saying there won't be DLC is like bad, but not as bad. <laughs> ben, do you believe that? Do you do you believe that uh, Kotaku handling the story is better for EA and Bioware than themselves? No, not necessarily, because I think people just want communication. They just want transparency. And I think if I was somebody that believed in Mass Effect Andromeda and then I played it and I was disappointed this is this hypothetical situation and then I just go on Kotaku and I read this report and it's like just just be honest with me like tell me where you're coming from what's happening um so no I don't necessarily believe that somebody else breaking it like I I would to me admitting defeat is more honorable than not talking at all mm-hmm. 
Um, and this is clearly a defeat, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I wonder, with along with Jones's point, maybe they're waiting until they have the multiplayer DLC ready to go before mm-hmm. they say no story DLC. Wait until they have some good news before they can deliver that disappointing news. Because, yeah, that, that is one thing that I don't, you know, uh, look down on someone for doing is packaging it. Because I was thinking, like, right. I wonder if, if they had known, obviously not, you know, uh, when they made that announcement that, like, we understand it was like a week after they like like officially made an announcement. They're like, we recognize there are many many problems with Andromeda. I remember that. Yeah, we're going to be mm-hmm. doing this this this. I wonder if just <laughs> slipping it at the end there, if that would have been the best time to just be like, oh, and uh, no no DLC. And be like, what? what? And sure. Like, well, it's just a big poop sandwich. We all got to take a bite. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Ian brought up uh, Messer Three and the Citadel DSC, which was very widely received, and you would have a lot of conversations where, oh man, I was disappointed in Mass Effect Three, but that Citadel DLC was really good. I wonder if that could have been possible with Andromeda. I wonder if you could have really, really good DLC in the same way, or if the situations for both Andromeda and 3 are too different for that to Well, and I wonder happen. if the install base was too low for it to even be justifiable. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that case, in the case of Andromeda, I think what you did, you, what you would do if you had been planning a single-player DLC is you do a standalone, like a Blood Dragon-style deal, where it's like, hey, here's the DLC, but you can just buy that for $10 if you hate the rest of the game and don't want to play it. Like, that could be cool. How would a Mass Effect Andromeda DLC trailer have played during the E3 2017 EA press conference? It's funny, a lot of us were expecting it. Yeah. A lot of us were absolutely expecting to see that. But like, even if it was, even if it looked cool, even if it looked really cool, there's like, a, way to a crazy new villain and there's all, a way to make crazy it work, new planet, sure. like, wow. But even after all those elements at the end of the day, that last comment in the conversation would be like, yeah, but... I think are they humor, really going to get their stuff together? Humor, you own it. You yeah. say like you start. Sure. You put. You well, literally the, put like. Dream. Yeah, you I literally mean, put like, like faces in like yeah. big bold text <laughs> yeah. and like show like people or say whatever. I don't know. Or even have like a line of dialogue in there that's it's, like kind of hints at the yeah, issues like, that they had. Yeah, like you look better. Did yeah, you're just like <laughs> did you we have had issues, work but we could overcome them. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that you bring up the humor because that is actually one of the key components of Citadel. Is it's right. this grand celebration? Like it, the whole point of it is that you're kind of having this final hurrah with your crew. And I do think that that was an element that was missing from Andromeda is that sort of immediate connection, that immediate lightheartedness from the way they presented it, yeah. And so I want to transition this, Ben, into talking about how Mass Effect's pretty much done. Uh, The the team who worked on this, uh, Bioware Montreal, is gone. Uh, pretty much disbanded. The only people still working on Mass Effect Andromeda is the multiplayer team. Uh, most of them went to uh, Star Wars or oh, okay. the next Dragon Age game. So they kept them in the company. They didn't oh, like, yeah, yeah. fire everyone. Or Anthem. And so, yeah, exactly. Okay. They're all working no, on well, one of those good. three. Um, but it's so weird to me, uh, thinking about Mass Effect, a huge, huge, one of the biggest franchises of the last generation. Absolutely. Uh, just not having any impact on this console generation. Mm-hmm. And I want to know if the panel's sad about that. I'm not sad if people learn, if this is a major lesson. Yeah. If, if a Ubisoft and an Activision and a lot of other companies looked at something, some conti- like, I hope Halo takes a long, hard look at what happened to Mass Effect and Drama. <laughs> I, hope that, I hope when Halo 6 comes a-knocking, 
it you know they they're like we are ready for this like maybe we'll push it six months down the road just to hit that home run when we can Mm -hmm. because you know i think microsoft is is in a pretty cozy place right now like after e3 i think there's like some stuff to look forward to obviously new hardware coming out and so it's like to spoil that with the teaser and then not get halo 6 for two years or just have something weird go wrong like that stuff is devastating so devastating that like it's clear ea is like we just want to we're gone like we want to completely disassociate ourselves from this yeah and it'll take something like a, a short fan film like that Power Rangers film or something like something that like oh like reunites oh, or like a Effect? comic book yeah. series that really yeah. kicks you know off or something that they can like invest in and kind of dip their toe back in and be like yeah. people care and but also like with Anthem coming out and moving a lot of people because is that Bioware as well or is it yeah. just yeah so that's the old like, Mass Effect team yeah so it's like they have a new sci-fi thing Mass Effect would just get in the way of that in a, in a sense so I don't see a reason for them to not kill Mass Effect. Yeah, especially I, I'm after it didn't you. perform well. Ian, the example I was thinking of is like when Naughty Dog stopped making Jack and Dexter games, and like you know what, I'm fine with that. Yep, move on. You know, yeah. and like those are fun games that people can just go back and still play. Just them. Jack Three was good, so it's kind of a I bummer think, to like wrap it up. I think the and the racing game was good too. Worst case scenario is to have the next Mass Effect feel like. They're doing it because they feel like they have to. They're forcing it when no- when nothing is there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was just going to bring up the exact same thing that, that you already mentioned is every single generation, there's a series that just fades for one reason or another that was so influential and then just dissipates. Siphon filter, you know? Right. Well, sure. I was, I was <laughs> at, brief anecdote, I was at a retro games, I think it's called like People Play Games or whatever, in Chicago... Uh, and they had a rack of manuals, manuals Ugh. from games. Yeah, those are cool. And I was just like, what? And I was like <laughs> looking through all these manuals and I like stood there for a while thumbing through the siphon filter manual from, from PlayStation mm-hmm. one, just like memory lane. And they uh, sold those. They sell them. You could just buy a manual. That, w- that would That's be fun, fun to just flip through a Nintendo oh, 64 man. strategy. Yeah. It was amazing. Like, not a strategy guy, the manual. The manual yeah. from the game. Oh, the manual. Like oh, the, the jewel case instruction. Oh. Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, what happened to the game that this used to come with? Like, yeah. why did you separate them? But like, oh man, that game. I love Simon Filter back in the day. Anyway, sorry. I just thought that was really cool that they did that. No, it is cool. I do wonder though, with enough time, if people, if the yearning for Mass Effect will come back and is there, could it be a Fallout situation where different people get mm. hands on it and breathe new life into it? Could that happen? Would that be the right thing to do? Or, I don't know. Yeah, I think, it, I think it'll be at a time when, right, Fallout was a top-down uh, RPG with like turn-based strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right, Ben. It'll be this sort of like huge evolution of it. <laughs> yeah. Do, I hope, do you do that trilogy back. remaster now? Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, yeah, I could see, I could see an E3 ten years from now where a crazy ass sci-fi game is introduced, yeah, and we're all like, "What is this?" And mm-hmm. we're all like, "What is this?" Yeah, and then, and then it just says Mass Effect at the end, and we're all like, "What?" Because mm-hmm. it looks totally. And different. Mass Effect is incursive. <laughs> I'm like, that's not my Mass Effect. Yeah. We're the people who are like, who yeah. are Fallout Two fans, who are so mad about yeah. where Fallout it's went. Not it's like the Golden Girls yeah. font. Like, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but letting it sleep, I think, can be such a powerful weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, along with this, Ben, I wanted to talk. I was thinking about EA's lineup 
what the, the games that EA publishes. Mm-hmm. And I was drawing interesting comparisons between EA and Activision. And I want to draw, drag in Ubisoft as well. I think these three publishers are pretty comparable. And so to the panel, I want to list off the games that those three publishers are publishing in 2017, past mm-hmm. and present. Uh, EA, this year. It's got mm-hmm. Madden. It's got FIFA. NBA Live. Need for Speed Payback. And Star Wars Battlefront 2. I think it's pretty diverse. It's a lot of big games that will probably sell very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Ubisoft this year. For Honor, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Two huge successes right yeah. out there already. Uh, South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Assassin's Creed Origins. Mario and Rabbids. Far Cry 5. That's it for them. Um, so that's huge too. And, and again, like very diverse. I think The Crew 2 is next year. And, and so, you know, they, Ubisoft obviously does weird stuff. Um, but uh, still has huge hits, like Ghost Recon Wildlands has been. Uh, Activision. Three games. Crash Bandicoot, as we talked about last week. Uh, Destiny 2, Call of Duty, World War 2. That's it. For the year. For the entire year. entire year? Yeah. Well, let's not forget that they're also Blizzard, so they... Still, but I guess like if StarCraft remastered, but you know Blizzard yeah. barely does a game a year. And the that's true. Diablo update, Diablo but, big update, but yeah, that doesn't no, count. right. I mean, you had yeah. a character to Diablo yeah. in that counts. Get out of here. Um, it's great though. The Necromancer rules. <laughs> uh, that Ian, that's what's so weird to me is it's just like we added one character, and that's like the the big announcement for Diablo for two years. I here's the thing. I was I was again it. Yeah, because I was like, you're gonna charge me 15 bucks for a character. Yeah, no Come new story on. stuff, right? There's no new. Story Not to my knowledge. And yeah. they added some new areas okay. for adventure mode and stuff. But then I was like, okay, that that also includes all new voice acting, a whole bunch of new animations, a whole bunch of new items, all kinds of new stuff. And then I played it, and I'm like, yeah, that necro is dank. Fifteen dollars. It's a character. fun casting, fun caster. All right. Oh man. Uh, but anyway, anyway, I think Activision really is the the odd one out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Act- Activision still though is n- number one amongst those three. And I, I think it's all Call of Duty. And I mean, Destiny 2 is probably going to sell very well the this Destiny year. The Destiny 2 right. event was insane. Oh, just the budget? Just that mean? one game was yeah. like on par with like Bethesda Land. Like yeah. it yeah. was pretty much the same size, same oh, money spent, maybe even Bethesda. more. Like, Yeah, so Jones, my like question... They don't have their own press conference and yet just one game. They'll play yeah. like the Super Bowl. My question for the panel is like, is this sustainable? Can Activision really just rest? There's no Skylanders this year. There's really like, there's no diversity there with like the kids games. There's no like... Ninja, there's no weird platinum game this year. Activision is really just doing those three games in this year. And I wonder if it's sustainable, if Activision will ever have to change, or if it can really just, if this is smart, to simply focus on two games in a year. I wonder if Destiny 2 is such a big deal. I wonder if, I wonder if they really want to put their eggs in that basket and mm-hmm. be like, we cannot mess this up. This is kind of more of an investment than just a single game. It's like yeah. a lot of other stuff tied to it. If Destiny 2 flops, they're in trouble. But like Blizzard prints money. Mm-hmm. And so does Call of Duty. Yeah. So it's just like Destiny could flop and they'd right. still be fine. So I wonder if they maybe push some things next year to just make sure we got all all eyes on Destiny 2. Yeah. Make sure that launches well. Yeah. And when, but when you say push things to next year, I can't imagine what that means, Jones. Star Wars. No, we're talking about Activision here. Oh, Activision. Sorry. Yeah. I, don't, I can't imagine right. what Activision works on. They don't do Tony Hawk anymore. They don't do Guitar Hero anymore. They don't do Skylanders anymore. They don't do <laughs> like they don't do games. They really just do these two games. I mean, they have Crash Bandicoot, and I do suspect they have more Crash Bandicoot stuff in the pipeline. Uh, but it's not like they haven't tried stuff with those franchises recently. 
and right. underperformed. Right. And so they're just focusing on what works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're talking about Destiny 2 and the potential flop. It just it just doesn't seem like it right yeah, now. Like, reading the room. It can't happen. Yeah, I don't think it's, it can It happen. just yeah. seems like it's going to be like, a huge success. All four of us are going to buy it. <laughs> right. Right. Are no, you not me. I'm out. Okay, I'm so three-fourths three of us are going to buy that yeah. game sight unseen, you know. And many more easy allies will absolutely be oh, yeah. Destiny yeah. 2. Yeah. Eight Huber's, out of nine, definitely And Destiny is such a fascinating game. I mean, you could spend the entire podcast talking about Destiny, where Destiny is a game that got a lot wrong, that got a lot of criticism, but clearly it nailed the most important things at the most important time. Feel. And if you have a sequel where you're just shoring up a lot of those things, how can that fail? Yeah. Ben, you know what? That's a really funny point. Uh, I, the story stuff that was cut from the game was, was huge right. and it hurts, but I think, and it was probably Activision, said, hey, we need this game out now. Start making cuts. Sure. And sometimes that works. And I think they, that was the right call for that game. If I mean, you, there are all if you kinds think of, about yeah. the the media coverage of Destiny, yeah. so much of it was negative and it just didn't matter mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing too, I mean, this kind of ties back in with Mass Effect and the DLC for Mass Effect 3 where sometimes taking massive ill will and then listening and pivoting and changing and growing and fixing it translates into like, better will than if your game had just come out good in the first place like mm-hmm. people yeah, absolutely people love destiny because it was this kind of not underdog story because it's a multi-million dollar ordeal but like it's an underdog story because it sucked when it came out the story and Bungie cares about their community and Bungie cares about the community so yeah. now it's like they listen to us like we're part of it and people love that and so destiny 2 really does have this like how can it go wrong vibe about it like mm-hmm. i have pretty much no doubt that i'm gonna have a blast playing it i'm probably not gonna going to care or really absorb much of the story but that's not really why i'm there you know mm-hmm. like i'm just there because the shooting feels real well, good it, it's it's almost funny right because everything that you're saying if those elements happen to be good if oh, you're like yeah. oh the, the story is actually pretty good yeah let's just like bonus points yeah it's bonus yeah. it's so. bonus exactly Another thing, too, about Activision is, like, they put more money than I think you need to into a single game. Like, they're just kind of known for that. EA, like, kind of acts like they do. Right. Yeah. But they right. don't. Like, they you totally find do. out what at the end of the day, Bio, uh, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda hmm. did not have enough time in the cooker. They rushed that game out the door, it, and it suffered the consequences. Is that confirmed? Because that definitely is the vibe. Like, they, uh, they, they did not think a campaign was essential in Battlefront. Like, they, yeah, they make little right. skimpy choices here and yeah. there. And, like, one of the things that I'll always give Activision credit for is, like, when Destiny 1 launched, no one was like, said the matchmaking sucked. Like, well, I mean, people did, I'm sure, but like, not as much as like Final Fantasy 14 Stormblood launching in the all weekend of the preview event. Like, n- like people are having a lot of problems logging on. Yeah. And, like, there's just a lot of online games that like are very fun, but just technically don't work. And like, World War II will work. <laughs> like, that Call, Call of Duty will launch this year and not have server issues. I guarantee it. Like, yeah. Yeah. because they just, they're like, that can never happen for us. Destiny is like looking for party It's like Bank of America are, like, having broken great, ATMs. Like, no, (laughs) they all got to work. Jones, the thing, though, is I don't think it's fair to say Mass Effect Andromeda didn't get enough money. I think EA spent more money on that than most other games will ever see. True. Uh, A huge part of that we learned is that they wanted to switch it to Frostbite mid-development and that they had to burn a bunch of the stuff they already worked super hard on. Why did they do that? Um, Do we know? 
We don't. I think EA wants all the games to be running on Frostbite, like Madden's Frostbite this year, FIFA's Frostbite. I think they want just to have everything kind of uh, centralized on that. Are they that. licensing Frostbite to other companies? No. no like, why not. care? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. I think so the studios can share stuff with each other. Mm. I, I think that's the, the idea. So they can put a football minigame in Mass Effect? Well, no. So you can say, well, we figured that out, actually. We know how to do that oh, in yeah. Frostbite. Yeah. We know how to figure that out. We can solve that problem for you and you know share ideas and things like that. Or because uh, Frostbite was just very expensive to produce. And probably that as well. Yeah, <laughs> and also remember us at Viacom. Like, anytime game trailers had exclusive tech, Viacom was like, no, use the thing all the other sites are using. What are you doing? You yeah, know, it's that's like, how corporations So, yeah, work. like, yeah, big yeah. corporations, it's like, use everyone just terrible use the video same player. thing. <laughs> use this awful video player. <laughs> Horrible memories to bring back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Horrible memories. Really? Whoa. I'm sorry. Ben, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, it's just, like... <laughs> There were some bad th- bad times. No, I mean that no, player no. is what killed. No, no, just oh, that, that video player. player. Oh yeah, that video that player, player was player. truly. Oh boring. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I just, video just, player we just, we just I got. Thought, I like game trailers. It's yeah, I was like, game. I thought yeah. we had a good time. No, 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 I did. I had a good time. <laughs> but we had a couple really interesting looks into corporate America, and I don't want oh, to forget them. Oh boy, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. Lessons learned. Yeah, just like you said, uh, as we introduced Mass Effect Andromeda. Hey, look, as long as we've learned from it, yeah, it's a good thing it happened. Yeah. Here's a bad thing that happened. On the official PlayStation YouTube channel, Sony uploaded a video of Anthem. Uh, again, this is an EA game we just spoke about. Uh, in this gameplay demo of Anthem, uh, PlayStation prompts were superimposed over the Xbox button prompts. Uh. And it was very obvious. You can see them fade in. You could see... Because you know how sometimes when you like set a thing to fade yeah. and it's like the fade doesn't match? You can yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. the well, Xbox it, buttons. It, it does, but it it's it's at fifty percent opacity, yeah. and you can see the other thing through it. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's like yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that, I heard about this. I didn't know that they put it over it. I thought yeah. they just uploaded Xbox footage. No, they just they put their oh. own little PlayStation button prompts right on top. That oh. video is gone, by the way. I tried to find it today. It's gone. Oh. It, it's been delisted. Who would even think to try something? Yeah, where is the yeah. person yeah. in that what? process that goes? Of course, this isn't going uh, to work. Cause yeah. like that's not like that's not like a short fix. Like depending on how many button prompts, that's going to take like a little bit of time to fake. Yeah. So like that was a conscious choice. Oh, it was a conscious choice to fake that. Just cut out the prompts. Just cut around that foot. Like what? Yeah. So that's a really interesting party in is that nobody's fessed up to this yet. Uh, maybe by the time this podcast airs, someone will have, hopefully. Uh, we don't know if it was Sony who put those over, and we don't know if it was EA who said, oh yeah, here's your vid- version of the video. We don't know who did that. That oh. I would almost believe more. Someone who's producing the game was just like, oh, we don't want to get the thing again because we had to film this 90 times without getting pop in. Well, yeah. my, my dream is that it's one person. <laughs> it's, it's like it got down to that last production person who was like, oh no, like I only have the Xbox footage and where, where's the PS4 footage? Like, oh, I think they, like New York said they were shipping that. It's like, I got to turn this in tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, wait. More <laughs> like idea. a disgruntled editor, no one, yeah. No, just anyone above him just didn't catch it, you know? Yeah. Whew, well, here's the, here's the thing though, is that demo, uh, uh, EA, uh, Patrick Soderland, who's the executive vice president, uh, told Digital Foundry that, that that was a real-time demo running on Xbox One X. And so, uh, Bioware would have to make a worse version of that demo, as Ian just said, and play through it all again and hope it all looks good for it to be legit. And so I, I think that's, I mean, that's the primary issue there is 
EA should have provided, I guess, in a PlayStation 4 version, or PlayStation should have sort of never uploaded that. Well, right. like, if the prompts are the same, like, even if they had nailed those prompts, like, you couldn't tell, like, mm-hmm. it just, like, frame by frame, perfect. Yeah. If, if it's the same exact gameplay clip, right, yeah, right. that's weird. Right, <laughs> that's yeah. weird. If you literally right. line them both up, you're yeah. like, what? Like, yeah. pixel by pixel, the like, same camera movement been, and everything, like. That would have been shifty, too. Does How that has mean, this never happened before with any game ever? How, this is... I'm sure it's happened many times, Jones, and people... know. Yeah, yeah. I wonder now. Yes. God. Whoa. <laughs> this is blowing my mind. Most of the time, I think there just aren't button prompts. I think they're clean about right. the things like uh, that. That it, I would believe. For, like, watchdogs. You know what I mean? It's just like, don't do, watch, don't do button prompts. We'll to be honest, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. I've never been one of those people that's like, wait a minute. The PS4 footage looks slightly better. It's multi-platform. It's like, I'm not going to... You know, yeah. lose sleep at night wondering like which one actually like looks the, the crisper or whatever, but and it looks all the crisper, all the crisper. Because if like you had told me that like hey you know surprise they're neither Xbox or PS4 they're both PC yeah Ta-da! that I would you know, like, yeah. I, I I honestly would be like fine I don't care and you I know, think like, that's what's normal <laughs> when I say Watchdogs that's what Watchdogs like it's not is. good yeah, it's we version. should aspire yeah. for like better the than X, that but the I would Xbox One X one might even be I mean I'm, I'm saying this but like. It might be PC footage just with Xbox prompts. Like, who knows? We don't know. We can't tell, really. Right. I can't tell. But all this does is create doubt. That's the only right. thing that it right. accomplished. Right. And, like, because of it, it's just like, should I should I pre this thing when they're lying to me about which version this is? Right. Like, how is this actually going to run? Like, just, no, just get all of the proper information once people get the real thing in their hands. It's just... I'm especially following E3 with all that Xbox One X oh, talk. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks yeah. bad. It looks, <laughs> it looks bad. Really bad. For, that's the a thing. It looks spectacular time to make that mistake. It looks terrible for Sony. Like mm-hmm. so yeah. much so that I I mean I like I cannot see anyone at Sony possibly thinking this was a good idea cuz like you said even if you nailed it, yeah. you could frame by frame mm-hmm. it and being like that's the same Is there exact any footage. Situation where you could see somebody saying it's better for us to try to fake this than to have no. comparatively worse footage out. Do you think somebody oh. would make that decision? Here's the thing, Ben, is I think the person in charge of the YouTube channel might think like that. Right. <laughs> you know, we're, we say Sony as if the entire right, organization right. is in charge no, yeah. of what gets uploaded to YouTube. Right. I think that person's job, the person who uploads things to YouTube, probably took that that seriously. Like I, I could see that. Like, I'm definitely blaming, like, an editor here because, like, or someone like that who's in charge of, like, communications or PR or something for some some end of this just being like because yeah if the PlayStation demo if it's a Sony person the, the YouTube person gets their crappy PlayStation demo and it doesn't run well yeah and they're like ah crap just overlay the buttons like I could see that I could also see a lazy EA person being like ah crap we're down to the wire just uh, just have an intern throw buttons over them and ship it yeah like Oh man! I hope that we find out who I is see, responsible I, I, for this. I, I we see a this flustered mystery. producer and a cocky production assistant right. that was like, "I got this." Yeah, <laughs> you won't even notice. Don't worry about it. The producer's like, "Oh, look at that!" The producer you couldn't tell. It. Yeah. it looks great. Yep. Yeah. Steve, look at me. Look yeah. at me. Look at me. I got it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. go home. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, go home. I got this. I'll there was dri- a high I'll, dri- I'll drive the beta tape to the airport. Because <laughs> if there's anything I've learned in like this is a hot, we take. help the brand. If there's anything I've learned like editing corporate stuff. Producers, like, people whose job it is to, like, make video, to, like, produce video, sometimes have a shockingly low level of knowledge about how to actually make a video. I mean, that's not what their job... They're not, like, a technician on that level. So, like, I'm not saying that they're bad at their jobs. I'm just saying, like, that isn't what their job is. Like, they hire editors to edit because they know how to edit and they don't know how to edit. So I'm not saying, like, they necessarily should... 
But sometimes you're like, wow, how do you not notice that? Or like, how does this not bother you? Because it's like they're super good at making deals and stuff, which is hugely important. But like, it, it is sometimes amazing what falls through the cracks is what I'm saying of the higher levels because like they just don't see it. This is stupid in and of itself, but we live in a time where everything is just picked apart and like whatever you don't want to be found out on the internet will be found out. Oh, absolutely. So just that fact by itself, it's like, how could you, how could you upload this for a single second right. and not realize that that was going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, like you said, even if it were identical footage, people would have noticed it. Yeah. And it's just it's, like it's very important that I watch this video. I'm it's gone. <laughs> I, someone I want had to someone had to please, someone right. please. So actually, I, I want to finish the discussion talking about that. Is what do we think Sony puts up in its place? If you type in Anthem on this the PlayStation YouTube channel right now, there are zero hits. There's zero video there. Right. Do they put up a new Anthem video? Maybe the teaser trailer from the EA press conference. Do they put up nothing until they have actual like? What do they do, panel? You, what do they shoot, put up? you shoot someone playing on a PS4 on a TV in the first shot with the PS4 hooked to it. You <laughs> yeah. show it, and then you cut to the gameplay. You, have to, yeah. you have to be you that You have to be now. that literal. There's no like, you have to be like, this is running on a PlayStation 4 Pro. Yeah. See? Like, you watch them hook all the HDMIs up and <laughs> yeah. hit play. Like, you have to, yeah. You prove it. But it's Shuei Yoshida walking out, bowing, <laughs> hooking up the PS4 to the television. It takes putting... four minutes. Yeah. Ooh, if anyone could fix this, it is Shuhei. I feel yeah. like he could do it. He I, could do it. He could I, play I it think off. that is Even it. if he played it poorly. Like. <laughs> but I He's think... wearing a t-shirt with PlayStation uh, prompts, like Velcroed over Xbox prompts. Oh, and I one, that's a great through, shirt now. The halfway fa- through, one of them falls off, <laughs> you know, accidentally. <laughs> it just goes... Whoops. Whoops. Oh, oh, sorry. And he puts it back on. I think, um, obviously we're talking about the right thing to do. I don't think we're talking about what they will do. I don't oh. think we'll see that video. Oh, they'll just throw up a Oh, that's I, I gone, yeah. The, yeah. I think it'll be simple. I think they wait until they have the actual footage. Yeah, they'll okay. just throw yeah. it up. But, I mean, that will be a while, I think. That'll be a while. Yeah. But I think, in this case, they maybe want it to be a while. They sure. need you, They need oh. us to forget. I get you, Ben, for sure. It's also funny, too, because it's not... I don't think it's that important of a video for specifically the PlayStation YouTube channel. Right. right. You it, know? They absolutely just, uh, is. It totally is. It is now. It is now. I, yeah. I, I agree with Brandon. Not as important as others. As, as exclusives that they have for their system. The, the previous they, you know what I mean? Spider-Man, like, you mean. To, to, yeah, to, to, to like them selling the console itself and not just being like, oh, yeah, we also have this. They, so to mess up on that, you know, like... They took something that, that would be moderately beneficial and made it just... A huge mess. That was hugely yeah. damaging. He said it better than yeah. Me. yeah, hugly damaging. I think, uh, yeah, I'm they wanted to. Damaging. They wanted to make it clear it was not an Xbox One exclusive, and they did it in the worst possible way. <laughs> yeah, the worst possible way. Now we're not so sure. <laughs> yeah, we could be playing the Xbox version on a PlayStation Four. We just we won't know until the game comes out. <laughs> that would be amazing. That, until that video is published on YouTube.com/slash/PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I'm reserving my expectation. You know what would be really sad? Actually, I, I just thought of this. Is if it was running on a PS4, they just haven't coded in the different button, like, graphics yet into the UI? No, because it was the exact same gameplay. Oh, okay, It, okay. W- it coincided exactly. Oh, as right, it. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, you like hear that? Oh, oh. Oh, sounds like it's podcast halftime! The following not a red eagle. are the official sponsors of Easy Allies that was a for hawk. the month that was a hawk. of June. It was a blue hawk! <laughs> iKeyless. Need a new car key or remote? 
Ikeelist.com has been in the key replacement business since 2002. Check them out today and they can help save you up to 75% off of the dealership's prices. If you type in offer code EZA at checkout, you'll get 15% off of your order. SCORN, an atmospheric horror adventure developed by Ebb Software, set in a nightmarish universe of odd forms and somber tapestry. Go to scorn-game.com for more information. Mango. <laughs> Michael Kozachenko is producing video game long-form reviews on YouTube at youtube.com slash mishakos. Iron Harvest, a real-time strategy game for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Currently in development at King Art Games. Join their community and help them bring the alternate reality of 1920-plus to life. El Thanis. Richard Smuts, who you can follow at Thraxis. Hogue Law, business law firm. Whether you're starting a business at level one, stuck fighting the dreaded fundraising boss, or finally catching out with a well-earned high score, you need a good business lawyer at your side. Rick Hogue started Hogue Law to bring more than a decade of experience to... Uh, companies like yours and is proud to support the allies. Check them out at www.hoglaw.com. H O E G. People wanted me to clarify. H-O-E-G. They saw me tweet out Hoglaw. We're like, ah, oh, that's how you spell it. Yeah. H O E G Law.com. All of these links are available in the description. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. We also have another sponsor that has not gotten back to me about what they want to sponsor. We had somebody jump in there. We're at the very beginning of the month. I mean, it's oh, the I third of the, this is, yeah, the did, fourth tomorrow. It's the third of the month. Yeah. So usually I have a little more time to like, hi there. What do you, wait, you know, how can we do this? Yeah. And just haven't got that that response. So someone is owed a uh, sponsorship moment right Maybe now. Maybe two cards next week. Sure. You Come can in. shuffle right. it in twice. Mention it twice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's now time for love and respect. Ooh. Love and respect. Jones, that snapping was so classy. Do you like that? Yeah, wasn't man. distracting at all or too no, much. No, and yeah. it was like on point too. That was really nice, dude. Well done. <laughs> we'll just appreciate it ourselves. We... Oh, I got cut loose, foot loose. <laughs> Kick <laughs> off your Sunday shoes. That's all I know. Doctor Looney's remedy. <laughs> Ooh, uh, my pony. Oh. <laughs> Oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. <laughs> We're trolling each other too much. Uh, the natural segue into that. Song. Sometimes yeah. I like when a comment needles us sometimes. Poke, yes. Poke. Oh, yeah. 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 Bring poke it. the bear. Hey, allies. Video game reviews have made me a tad bit salty as of late. Ooh. I've been noticing a trend lately with video game reviews. Pretty consistently across video game outlets, reviewers are favoring extra modes in games rather than the game itself. Hmm. The most recent example of this is ARMS versus Injustice 2. Both of these games are strong fighting games with a good amount of depth and character variety, yet one of them is getting better reviews than the other. Injustice 2 has many great single-player modes, such as story mode and multiverse, whereas ARMS has fewer extra modes. My issue is that these extra modes don't do anything to actually make the overall game better, which is what I feel games should be judged on the most. Many outlets, EZA included, stated that if ARMS had a story mode or something similar, then it would be a much more favorably, uh, it would be much more favorably reviewed. But why? A story mode doesn't add anything to gameplay. It is a two to four hour cutscene movie with small fights thrown in between. <laughs> I know very little people who play any fighting game story mode more than once, and I actually know quite a lot of people who don't play the story mode in fighting games at all. 
A story mode in a fighting game does not make a game overall better just for existing. In the same way that multiplayer added into a primarily single player game wouldn't make that game much better. No one in their right mind would say that Witcher 3 would be an overall better game if it had multiplayer. So, why are people saying ARMS would be better, overall better if, or more worth the money if it had a story mode? It seems like hypocrisy, and it drives me insane as someone who wants games to be judged fairly based on the game itself and not the amount of extra modes added into a game. For the record, I haven't played either of these games. I'm merely lamenting the state of reviews, and I'm not trying to push my opinion on which of these games is better. Love and respect Tyler B, a.k.a. Silly Robot 822 Tyler B, one bit of advice in formulating an argument. Don't... Do that last part. <laughs> yeah, I think that last part is very important. <laughs> it's like if you been if you admit that in the last part, we're like, we'll play the games first. Yeah. He's an objective yeah. consumer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, yeah. he's 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 in Toys R Us right now. He's yeah. looking at both of those games. And so, what yeah, am I gonna go home with? I think parts of this are super wrong, and I think parts of these are is like worth discussing. I was like, oh, that's sure. the point there. And yeah. so, yeah, I do want to discuss this comment panel. I mean, I, I don't think I would hope that we've yeah. never made a review where we haven't made it clear that it doesn't matter how many modes are in a game if if any of them are bad. They're, they, they're like, they don't add as much or possibly not at all. And when you have something like arms, it's like it's 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 just the quality of the modes that are there. So I I don't think the opinion was that like if you add a story mode that just automatically fixes it. If it's also a bad story mode, it's going to do the same as vo volleyball. It's just not going to add anything to that. Like anything you add needs to stand on its own. Mm -hmm. So the injustice. You, they kind of make that connection, not just because, oh, Jess has got a f story mode, well done. It has possibly the best story mode I've ever played in a fighting game. So when you experience right, one fair. of those, yeah. and people say, like, I don't know, people, I don't know, I have any friends who play story mode fighting games. Like, maybe they should. I would tell them to play this one. Yeah. Because it does provide context. Like, I love that Master Mummy level. Master Mummy? Yeah. Arms? I don't. What, the, what is that? The one where what the is, middle breaks open and there's a. a yeah, was he, was he born there? Is that yeah. like his home? Is that where he hangs out? Is that like? Does he love the a friend's graveyard somewhere? Yeah, it's just. But the chunks that would make the game nice. better. To me, it would. To know that. Why? To know where we. Just to have context. It's like but, to 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 understand not only the functionality of things, but what with the mind, the process of the developer in bringing that to life. Why? Why does Twintel use her hair, not her arms? That's you know? that's the central argument to me that doesn't make. Sense is is you're saying okay as long as the fighting itself is good, mm -hmm. that's enough. Then it then it is a, that is an excellent fighting game as long as the fighting itself is good. Uh, where if people if people are responding to the modes, if they're saying okay the fighting is good, but the ways in which you're applying it because it's not just like the the mechanics exist and that's it. It's how you're using them. Right, you're using it to do the target smash, which I don't think is very good. You're using yeah. it to do uh, basketball. The, the basketball and the volleyball. volleyball. Yeah, right. Like you're using that. You're that is a way that you're applying those fundamental mechanics, and that's it's. There's not a lot of it, that isn't interesting in and of itself, right? Whereas we're talking about Injustice Two. It's not just that it has a bunch of stuff. It's that we enjoy doing them. So we're taking the fundamental fighting, but then we're adding more to it, which will lead to higher reviews. It's not. It, it's never quantity it's it's quality as well yeah. yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter if it has a million things or very few things it matters like those individual things relative value um yeah. and arms does have a story mode it does the what? grand the grand prix is a story mode you, so explain it to me because i'm actually you, i've never seen it you pick a character yep. and it will give you context for what they're doing they're trying to win this tournament okay. you're going through 
it ends, it has a conclusion, it has a final boss that you're doing. Mm -hmm. There is some sort of semblance of structure there. The problem is, right, that it's basically just kind of like the offline party mode where you might do a one-on-one fight or you might do target smash or you might do something else. That's part of the Grand Prix? That's part of the Grand Prix. Okay. And so you'll do like a couple of fights and then you'll do one of these other modes and then you'll have a final boss. And so it just, and there's no other story elements that are there at all. And so it ends up not being all that enjoyable or it doesn't feel like there's much there where uh, in Justice 2, right, you have this big grand story mode that's, that's like more interesting. And I think the other thing you have to consider is just because you want something. Let's say you just want to get online and fight, Yeah. right? If a game can be more appealing to more people, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but there are different ways that you can do it. He talked about just forcing multiplayer into Witcher 3. Right. Right? It's... If Witcher 3 had multiplayer that was really well-considered, super well-made, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Good multiplayer in a game isn't necessarily bad. It's only when it feels tacked on in an essential right. and forced, like it's desperately going after something rather than, no, we had this great idea and we executed on it really well. The, the, the perfect example for me are the Naughty Dog games like Last of Us and Uncharted 4 have pretty fun, well-received multiplayer, and it doesn't feel as though... Like, it's, it was maybe unexpected in the case of Last of Us, um, but it doesn't feel tacked on, and it doesn't feel as though it detracted any resources from the main game, mm-hmm. you know? What is funny, though, is I think in those two cases, multiplayer is not a big part of those reviews. Right. Because I think when you're writing those reviews, you don't make a big... Because it's good. Because well, the multi- if the multiplayer was horrible in Last of Us, uh-huh. it would have been a detractor in the reviews. Since it was passable too good... People are like, and there's multiplayer, and it's pretty cool. And then it doesn't really affect... Like, having bonus things, I think, if they are good or better, uh, can can only help you. But if they're bad, they will hurt you. Yeah. And, like, having bad modes in ARMS hurts it. Whereas if it had just, you know, an additional good mode, it would either keep it neutral or help it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, what you were saying, it's quantity over... It's quality over quantity. Right, and you were talking about how the the multiplayer specifically, like if you go back, and I think if you read Last of Us reviews, right, you might get one paragraph on the multiplayer. Yeah. Right. Um, but the reason you get one paragraph on the multiplayer and it still gets a high score is because that they they felt like there was enough going on in that game by itself to justify that score and not needing, like... The the thing about arms is I think as a player who wants to appreciate it, you you play it and people say there is a lot of depth there, and there is, but if you're a brand new player and you haven't looked online, you haven't seen anything, it's how is it applying that depth? Does volleyball really show you the depth of arms? Is it really what makes it interesting? Or even from a casual perspective, is that something you're going to be doing with your friends all the time? No, and so it's like this mode, from both perspectives, in making me appreciate this depth on another level, which would be a good thing and make me more invested in the basics of ARMS, or from a casual perspective, hanging out with my friends and playing it, it's not accomplishing either thing, and therefore, that's why we're critical about it. Yeah. Also, Um, in the case of ARMS, you can't always choose what mode you're going to do. 
Right. If you're doing party mode, you don't know what you're going to pick. And And some things you're going to like and some things you're not going to like. I mean, I guess, yeah, you're playing party mode, but like, can you play online just matches? Yeah, you can. There's a rank. But the thing is, to get to ranked, you have to beat. so they have different difficulty levels. I think it's one to ten on the numbers. You have to beat it at least on the fourth difficulty level, all the way through with one character to unlocked ranked. And in Grand Prix, is it always a mixed bag? No, it, in Grand Prix, I don't remember the exact distribution, but it's like you do a couple of fights and then you'll do another mode. Because um, like, like in Injustice, you pick a mode and then do it. Yeah, right. And you never have to play volleyball. You don't ever have but to play volleyball. We're, and again, we're talking about different people here right i've talked to people that have just played the story mode in injustice 2 yeah they don't understand the depths of the mechanics they can't they're not good when they go online but they appreciated that story they appreciated playing as different characters they appreciated the presentation and so it's giving them a bunch of things to say that like yes arms is a really interesting game but if a lot of people who play your game don't feel compelled to find that or stick with it or feel motivated to get better or maybe if you had like more elaborately presented modes or more interesting modes maybe they would do that Mm -hmm. also like to bring the counter argument here yeah uh star wars battlefront one Mm -hmm. or whatever yeah two which one are we on whatever we're on two two now Yeah. yeah didn't have a campaign and everyone was pissed right and, like, that's exactly what this person is saying. Like, if your mechanics are good, it won't matter. And it's like, clearly it does. Everyone hated that it didn't have a campaign. Sure. But is that right? Shouldn't reviewers just care about what how good the gameplay of the game is? Yes. And so, the, the because you have that model from the Battlefront 2 that came out on Xbox and PS2, mm-hmm. now I know what you would have to do if you were to remove the campaign from the story with the other modes. And they didn't do that. Like, they literally, like, Battlefront... The, the original Battlefront that came out, or not the original, but the, the one we got, you know, a year or two ago, compared to Battlefront 2, was literally the same game, couple less characters, and no story mode. <laughs> it's, it just, and, but, like, the major thing that it had was, like, that is the prettiest Star Wars game I've ever played. So, like, yeah. that was the major thing going for it. But, like, I mean, you, you, you look at that platter, and it's like, there's no question what's happened here. And I think you brought up a really good point, Ben, is that there's, um, one thing that, that I appreciate for a game, especially in a, a genre like fighting that I don't normally play, is some kind of like a cohesiveness and connectivity between modes. So it's not just like, oh, there's eight things to do. Yeah. It's like, I can tell by looking at those eight which ones I think I'll like. So I'll try those first. Right. And then maybe those kind of introduce me to other modes right. or like pop up little messages that like, you just unlocked a thing you can use in this other mode. And oh, okay, now I can go to that and not just like finish the campaign or play a little multiplayer and then look at everything else and be like, what's this? You know, it's like, oh, I kind of know what that is or I can kind of get a sense. Because, yeah, you finished that mode you were talking about, and, like, you just don't want to go back and play volleyball. Right. It's like there's no reason to. Well, and, yeah. like... Whereas I, I went straight from that campaign right into multiverse, which I never do in a fighting game. Oh, and just, really, Jones? And just kept playing and playing and playing and playing, cracking up at all the crazy costumes people were wearing that I was fighting. And, yeah. I actually, I actually think it's very deceptive um, when we're comparing across genres, because, like, again, you bring up The Witcher 3. Yeah. That's a huge game. There's a lot to do in it. And you have you have more freedom than you think you do. When you hear people describe The Witcher 3, you hear a lot of the same things. Like, oh, I love how big it is. I love how gorgeous it is. I love the quality of the writing. I love the characters. It will sound like people are saying the same things in a very similar way, but how they actually appreciate those things is very, very different in my opinion. There are going to be people out there who just run through the main story. There are going to be people who spend entire days just playing Gwent. There are going to be people that are like, okay, I'm going to make sure that... Before I move on, every single icon on my map is checked off. And it's not 
like that freedom with which to approach things is very, very, very important. And I think because of that openness in design, you're actually attracting like a pretty wide array of people. Whereas when you talk about a different genre of game where you have a lot of depth, like you want to be able to appeal to different kind of people. It's like, I, I, I appreciate people arguing that I understand fighting games. I care about fighting games. As long as that stuff is good, as long as the nuts and bolts are good, I'm in. But from the game's perspective, why wouldn't you want to get as many people on board as possible? And I think you can do that without sacrificing depth. It's You have to understand that there are going to be people out there that want to play your game and may eventually get to that depth. But if you give them a story, if you give them a world to get invested in, they're going to be way more interested in doing that than just grinding it out online. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah. And so I think it's important to remember that the people reviewing the games are people like that too. Right. Are people who, as Jones just said, he, Jones would be way more in, in, interested in hearing that story. Jones is the reviewer. If mm. Jones was reviewing that game, he'd be more interested in the game. And so I think that, yeah, I think that very few reviewers truly just care about gameplay when they're playing a game. Uh, purely care about mechanics and things like that. Because I think that's not all that's important in a game. Right. And it's analysis. I've got three thoughts, okay. real quick ones. Yeah, I I haven't really played a lot of Tekken, but I've watched every Tekken three, I think, cutscene online. Right. Yes. And like, if it didn't have a story mode, I wouldn't have done that, and that could have been an inroad for me. Like, I'm interested in Tekken because of that. Right. We gave Hearthstone Game of the Year, and it didn't have story content in it at all when when we did that. Right. Right. At, at GT, uh, and that was just on the mechanics. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I don't. I don't think it was. Well, I think and the charm it, and like the presentation and right, stuff, but, but it's like it didn't have a story mode. At the t- what I mean is, it didn't have any of the story expansions that it now right. has, mm-hmm. and it was still good enough for us to love. Right at and the time, you're you're bringing up something that I really do want to mention is you look at arms, right, and you look at those characters and think about how people have responded to just the way that those characters look. Yeah. They love them, and I love them. Like, those are interesting characters. Mechanica is a cool character. Twintel is Twintel. a cool character. Um, Master Mummy is a cool character. Yep. And it's just like, you you just set up this, this slam dunk where you have these really wild, really crazy, really cool characters, and you say, we're going to elaborate more on them later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a missed opportunity, and I think you can do that with a lot of things in ARMS, is the potential is so great, it's just out of the gate they didn't fully capitalize on a lot of that. And you can argue, yes, there's more coming later, but we, we live in a day-to-day world where I can only evaluate what's in front of me well, right now. Well, and you, also, I can't, like, in the case of ARMS, I think, I don't want to speak for all of us, but we were all very excited about right. it when we first saw it. I was very excited. I don't play a lot of fighting games, and I was planning on buying it. I played the test punch for 10 minutes, and I said, I'm not buying this. Mm. And, like... To me, that's that's the the proof is in the pudding, right? Like the, mechanically, it's not even that great. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I didn't. I was like, oh, eh, I do not worth a purchase. I do want to speak because, and, and on one hand, I do sort of agree with Silly Robot, and I I think you can be too reductive. I I don't think anyone out there should be playing any game and say, oh, it's not like this, which just came out, therefore it's not as good. Like you can't. Quality is is not defined by that. And I don't think anyone should ever be like because, because then we just make games less interesting. Mm-hmm. If we say, "All right, if you're a game coming out, you need to include exactly this things, right. otherwise they can't exist." Obviously, that's extremely restrictive. 
At the same time, however, we live in a marketplace. Not people aren't getting these games for free, right? They're not. Just, I mean, okay, obviously, we're not in that position. <laughs> but I want to say that you're writing for people who aren't. You right, yeah, right. You you you're writing from a perspective of these games cost money, and games within the genre are coming out. Mm-hmm. I think to say that comparisons aren't going to happen at all. It's just not true. People are going to compare these games, and even though they might not be exactly the same, those comparisons have weight, and they are going to determine who buys what. And so you can't you can't treat them as completely isolated things because they're not isolated things. Right. Yeah. People are having to make a choice. Do you think Do you think that you could make a fighting game that was a white room, like the 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 training room or something, a grid setting with just like stick figure characters, but the the mechanics were so perfect, and there's literally nothing else to the game. Nidhogg. Well, I but mean, Nidhogg is like very, very quirky and bizarre. You N- know, Nidhogg's great. That's a good and example. Like, though. Samurai Gun, I think, is like it's like mechanically perfect. Yeah. And like basically all the changes is where platforms are. But like I think Samurai Gun is a, an incredible, like basically perfect game because the gameplay is so good, and like the levels barely change anything. And it's like, yeah, I think that's possible. You know how I hate to talk about money in reviews and how much a game costs? Mm-hmm. I think, though, if Nidhogg and Samurai Gun were $60 games you buy on a shelf... You'd be pissed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, think, what that's what I was going to say. Is like yeah. this room, this white room with black stick figure characters with perfect fighting. Like, everyone agrees it's the most ultimately perfect fighting game mechanics of all time in the history of humanity. Yeah. I still think people would be pissed if it was a $60 game. Yeah. And I agree with that. Good debate. It is that good. That's that why good. it's good to needle us, though, as you get yeah. those strong reactions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to give you an easy one, though. And, <laughs> and thank you, Silly Robot, for that. We, you, I made you work for that one, panel. Here we go. Hello, allies. Since you have two Souls veterans, I think you have four, on the podcast this week, my question is what <laughs> would you guys like to see from software do next? Obviously, rumors have been circulating about a Bloodborne 2, but let's say that wasn't in the equation, and I would already say it isn't. How would you... Sorry, I'm adding a lot to this. How would you want them to take the Souls formula and elevate it? What setting would you like to see? And how would that change combat, weapons, story, etc.? Love and respect to everyone on the panel. Connor Reese. I want a whole new world. Yeah. Don't you dare close your eyes. Because... (laughs) Hold your breath, it gets better. Because... Personally speaking, mm-hmm. I am at a point with Souls that I feel like does not get to happen very often where I feel like, honestly, I am very satisfied. Yes. Yeah. There have been a lot of Souls games of varying quality, absolutely, but I would say, by and large, it has been excellent. I've enjoyed it. I've played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of Souls, and I think what made Souls so exciting originally is that it did challenge conventions, that it did carve out a new space. Like... People, the I, people latched onto Souls is because it was you couldn't. It was so unlike what everyone else was doing, and at this point, if you come out with another Souls or you come out with another Bloodborne, it's not that it's not going to be great. It's not that we're yeah. not going to be excited, but it's I not think a surprise. I think that team is capable of going in a completely different direction. And I can't sit here and say what I want because what I really want is something that I don't know I want right. yet. I 1,000% agree with you. Uh, I want to see... Like, I honestly think that From Software is so talented and respects their players to such a degree that anything they put out... Even if it isn't, like... I don't play the Armored Core games, but I 
kind of just assume that they're very well put together because it's that team. They're too I mean, hard for me. Yeah, I mean, possibly they are. But, like, I, I think, honestly, I think they this team could put out anything. Like, they could put out a visual novel and they would somehow, like revolutionize it and I would be like oh my god mm, I think you 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 found one that I would say no to <laughs> you found one where I'd be like man I'm bummed I mean visual yeah. novel I'd be like oh, that kind of sucks <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean though like I, I think they could put out just about anything and I would be thrilled a 3D platformer is starring a goofy little character I'd give it a shot I wouldn't be as thrilled as if it was something like Serious, but yeah, like, tell, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to talk about is the things that would thrill you. I would the be, I want. would be interested to see, um, like a different theme, like order, whatever the year was, 1886, right? By from software, where it's like largely like do a Bloodborne where you don't fight as much, where it's like you're still wandering around and exploring and stuff, and like maybe you have to talk to people sometimes. But, like, the thing that they do so well is that it feels good. Like, the exact opposite of experience with that I had with ARMS, I had with Dark Souls, right? I picked it up and I was like, this is the perfect game. And, like, yeah, I want that. I want them to just take their feel and put it on anything they want because I trust them. I, I would want that feel to be pretty nebulous, though, because I think, I think Platinum Games does a good job of it where, you know, you have... You have like Mad World and you have Bayonetta and then you have something really weird like a wonderful one on one. But even I think when it's at its weirdest, you the entire Platinum Games catalog makes sense. There's some sort of through line there with what they're trying to accomplish in those games, even if they play pretty differently. And I think that's what I would want uh, a from software game to be. And I think honestly, if if we go before Souls, you kind of already have that. I mean, if you look at Otogi, if you look at uh, Armored Core, and then you look at Dark Souls. I think you can put those games together, and it's like, okay, yeah, this kind of makes sense together, um, and that—that's what I want. And I think, much like Platinum Games, they could come out with something new, a totally new IP, and just the name being attached to it would be enough to generate a lot of interest. Jones, what would you like to see? No monsters. Hmm. What am I going to do? Fight Feel people. People. Oh, <laughs> fight humans that are good at fighting. All right. Uh, I think that would be interesting. I would I would be very intrigued yeah. to see a modern from software game mm-hmm. that takes place in the 21st century, where you are a swordsman and you are it's like the raid. Like you got to get up through a skyscraper to rescue your uncle and get him out of there. And That's it's just fun. you know so it, so it doesn't because that was one thing that really attracted me about Neo was that like yeah. my, my my favorite enemies more than any boss that I fought in Bloodborne was those hunters like those scared the hell out of me whenever those would pop up because they're oh, so yeah. fast and, and like it just it really felt like I was just playing another player like and I was you, but you know if you kill you know. them they're permanently dead they, yeah, they, yeah. So it's so gratifying whenever yeah. you take those take I think you're out. really onto something and yeah. so it'd be gr- I would just love to see them focus on that maybe a little bit more focus on stealth I think it'd be really interesting you know like that kind of risk reward of like maybe you can get into places that you know you just have to stealth by or like maybe you know you can do more drop attacks from above or like sneak attacks from the bottom like don't go full arkham but like just th- those are things i'd be curious to see them experiment with i can't I mean, guarantee that, it's going to make a better from software game because i've only played bloodborne of theirs i mean that that t- raises the the kind of the point i was going to say too next was that what i think from software excels at is that i mean what call it whatever you want like one-to-one like mechanics or whatever but like you push a button and that button does this thing right and it always does that thing there's and that's no the thing to guarantee a stealth there's no kill. yeah there's yeah. no yeah and i don't want i don't i don't expect that they would ever do that but like 
if they made a stealth game, I think it would be amazing because it wouldn't have cover or like detective vision or something. It would just be like, no, you just walk down this hall and if you get spotted, you're screwed because this guy's way more powerful than you. And I do think that like fighting more people would be interesting. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went like Civil War era or like, I heard a rumor about like some Aztec themed thing that has martial arts where you make your own martial arts style. And I'm like, you're describing Absolver. What's happening? I think that turned out to be not true. Yeah, I think that's not true. But that would and be cool. That would have been cool. But it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever it is, I, I trust them. But I think that would be cool too. Be cool if it was like a John Wick style and like whatever you were wearing at the beginning of the game, by the end, it's all ripped and tattered. Your yeah, jacket's yeah. off. Your shit. Like Dude, them making straight up just making a John Wick game. Right. It'd be weird because <laughs> they don't, I don't know if they license ever, but like. But then on the other hand, like, I do want to see a Bloodborne 2 because I want to see them go, like, more into madness and, like, insanity. Like, I would love to see them do not directly an an Evil Within kind of deal, but, like, a a horror, a psychological horror game, like a Silent Hill-style psychological horror game with their kind of gameplay mechanics where the onus is on you and your skill, but it is more about your own personal journey into your own, like, kind of fear and madness where you're not fighting as frequently, but things get weird so, oh man here's the thing that's <laughs> hard to forget that everything was just make them make everything kind of kind of innovative about souls and something i really respect a lot is the idea of souls themselves right this right. currency that is also your experience uh that you can lose permanently well, that's the thing about stealth is like you're kind of screwing yourself by not attacking people in the mission but sure. like if there's ever that moment you're like i just because you kind of do that in bloodborne where you're like or i did that where i'm like i don't want to deal with this guy i'll just yeah, like, yeah. do you expect that to see that from the next souls game I, no matter what is is this idea of souls oh like from the next from software game yeah. no not oh, necessarily yeah. not necessarily something like it maybe but not like it in any way that we could predict one one idea that from software keeps toying with they keep doing it mm-hmm. and i would like to just see them go all out on it yeah is this idea of other human beings being a traditionally computer controlled character where mm. the this this boss with this move set in this arena with this health bar is controlled by somebody else like imagine in a weird way, an entire RPG where almost every enemy you fight is one player, but it feels like a single-player RPG. Sure. However, because you're playing against other humans, they can't talk to you, there's no voice chat, but because you're playing against other humans, there's a whole other layer of mind games Man. to it that I think would be... That happens in Absolver. Like, uh, the demo I played, you get to the end and then you fight the another person. Just like mm. it's like basically being invaded, but it was it was kind of cool because the boss was another player, and I think that happens in Demon Souls. It happens in Demon, Demon Souls. Souls. The uh, monk, what is it called? The old monk, the old I believe. Monk, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, I wanted to bring that up as well. As well. It's another thing I really respect about uh, from and uh, the Souls franchise is they have unique ideas for online Absolutely. integration. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, just even like leaving messages on the floor mm-hmm. is valuable to me. I think that's cool, uh, especially in a game that has sometimes cheap deaths like hey that that's a mimic right there and someone can just tell you that's a mimic right there right i played through in the entirety of bloodborne with online off and it oh. was so different to play through dark souls 3 with online on yeah. you gotta play with online like i tell anyone who's because I, I have friends i have another friend who played bloodborne offline and i'm like mm-hmm. you are screwing yourself yeah you're missing out on a lot of really cool stuff like i get that you don't want to be invaded it's not really that big of a deal if you do get invaded it is also, it's awful oh, it's boy, not though you just die yeah, and then go the only, like the only bonus for me panic. it feels so yeah. good the only bonus for me was Bloodborne is so gorgeous and those environments are just so great to just stare at and then like the floor would just be like red all over the place 
place. I hear like, that. Ah, too. You know, like, that too, yeah. Just seeing these like, you know, game mechanic, game mechanic. It's kind of like in Last of Us when you look out and see the, 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 the high walls. It's oh, just yeah. Like, that saps you out of it a little bit. To that's me, the, I don't know. I can I look still say it. play it's online. Weird. Like that's the only. Yeah. That was the only thing that like when I, I don't know when my internet wasn't working. Or there were a couple times I played Bloodborne offline and was like, I would, I would love to see. Oh, sorry, you go. No, I was just just Kyle mentioning it and then and then talking about the player boss thing. It, like, we, if you really take a look at the Soul series, it would be hard not imagining from Software's next big thing focusing on online. On yeah. that on that unique online element, like it 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 just makes too much sense. And what I, what I love about it, Ben, is it's kind of like it, it's ours, it's right. the communities. And I think of even Splatoon. I think something that's going to be a bummer missing in Splatoon too is the weird plaza that had the Miiverse stuff. Right. The plaza in Splatoon has billboards that is the art of people who have drawn on their Wii U game pads right. and submitted that. You can and still do it on the Switch. Uh, I guess you touch could, it. yeah, but there's really no Miiverse implementation. Yeah, I, I think about the events that they had. They yeah. had like, like I don't know, burgers versus pizza. I think. Yeah, and I was like, I don't care about this. And then I went into the Mii Plaza, and people were doing like super elaborate team pizza drawings. It's oh, it's like <laughs> team pizza. This isn't just a update that you're doing that I have to pick a side for. It's like there are people behind this now. There are people getting passionate about it. Suddenly, yeah. I'm viewing this whole thing. Totally different. Could you yeah. could you imagine if if yeah. if From Software made like a cyberpunk game where it's always online? You have there's some kind of narrative conceit where you can't really like voice chat with people, but mm-hmm. you could like communicate with like the air is so bad you can't take your mask off to speak or you'll die. So you have to like just use like gestures to talk to each other, right? And like you come across other people and everyone's just doing like whatever Blade Runnery jobs they've got going, you know, and it's like a $20 game. You can beat it in a couple hours. There is a little story like that would be bonkers. And then you can go back in and just like hang out like uh, endless forest style. You just like chill with each other. I don't know. Endless forest. Oh, it was a tale of tales game. It's a very obscure game journey. It's like, you know, like let's say journey. Oh, but there's online. Like everybody's in this environment together. Right. Yeah. And like you just come across people and like, Hey, can you help? Like you gesture like, will you help me like you do the the thing for like will you help me do this job mm-hmm. and they're like sure and you like go that. and do your job you know and then they're like hey will you help me do this job Can and we then you fall in a pit and you're like no, yeah no. and then they're like haha <laughs> i want- steal your like credits i want there to be two horrible characters npcs in the game and we vote for which one will be mayor Oh yeah, and they're both like disgusting. Yeah, they're both nasty, horrible beings, but in just different ways, like just like grotesque, nasty creatures. And it's like, well, we gotta vote that guy for mayor. Yeah, I would love that in like a front. I, I like Ben. I suspect there's no question about whether or not there'll be online integration. It's just how, oh, yeah. how so. Man, if From doesn't make this game, I want to make <laughs> it. In a way, though, I don't. I don't envy the position that they're in because. I, you just you can see the conversations coming out now. It's like, yeah, that new From Software game was really good, but not not quite as good as Dark Souls. Or, oh yeah. Oh, happen. the way that they're presenting the story. Oh, that's so Souls. Or oh, the way they're handling right, right. like more of the same. It's, in, in a way, like their own success is their greatest adversary, uh, and it's it's finding this line between feeling completely new and fresh that you kind of break away from those comparisons, but not so bizarre that you're alienating anyone. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's weird. It. Uh, video games are like that. Video games, you need more direct sequels that are almost the same than it. I think, you know, if you're a musician, you can't just make the second the same right. album twice. If you are a director, if you make the same movie twice, but just like change some characters around, you yeah. know what I mean? Like you need to be very diverse. 
And you're right, Ben. I think in this video time games it's in particular. In Kansas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I do think they'll have those, those comparisons regardless of, of. Well, I mean, they've said that they're working on three things, right? We heard that article, Kotaku or whatever, like yeah. a while ago. One of them is maybe an Armored Core. One of them is probably another Souls. And then one of them is something else. <laughs> we have heard that they've hired for concept arts for Dark Fantasy. Like yeah. dark medieval fantasy, and mm-hmm. that was like a few months before E3. So one of these three games is probably fantasy, like dark fantasy. But who knows? I mean, imagine if this new game is not a difficult game. Oh. Is that a strike against them? Whoa. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like it's like I don't think there's necessarily something wrong with coming out with a game that that isn't immediately as demanding as Dark Souls, right? Like maybe it's going for a totally different thing, but. Suddenly you have that where it's like, oh, they're, they're, you know, not staying true to themselves or something where it's not, you know, maybe it's just a completely different thing. Huh. I mean, if it's motivated by this, like, as an example, I recently saw a dev diary for Hellblade that, that was pretty interesting and it was, you know, whoever talking about the game and he was saying that, yeah, at first it was largely combat focused, you know. He didn't really say it, but like basically souls, soulsy the combat style, you know. And then he was like, "Yeah, and we went back to the drawing board a couple of times, and we realized that like we were telling this story about mental illness, and like so now there are parts of the game where you're just solving these weird puzzles, and it's through the lens of this this person dealing with this mental trauma, and like there are other parts of the game where you're just trying to get from point A to point B, and you don't fight at all. There are other sections that are very combat heavy, and like." I thought that was very interesting and gutsy to kind of listen to what the story and the, like the game wanted you to to do and have the courage to say like, all right, we don't need bad guys in this area. Like we can just do this thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And there, there are good ways and bad ways to do that. I mean like, uh, sound hill shattered memories where like, after you realize the pattern, like if it's not frozen, I'm safe. Like, it would have been great to shake that up a little bit in that game. I still think that game is beautiful and amazing, but like, you know, shake it up a little bit. But I think, yeah, from software doing a more narrative thing, might where it's still like lore based and still feels like them maybe, but like where, yeah, you have a longer swath of time where you're not being attacked. Jones, do you hope there's facial animations in the next from software game? <laughs> uh, not expecting them. It's just not, <laughs> wow. it's, it's not what they do. It's just not what they do. Yeah. That's fair. They uh, there's an empty office in their studio that says facial animation. <laughs> I hope they make empty a chair, game. empty desk. I hope they make a game Nobody's about there. talking. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. It's, yeah. a, it's about it's conversations. Just, it's just faces moving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they buy all the L.A. Noir tech. It and starts. Just put it in there. It starts with transactions. It starts with like I would like to buy gum, and like you succeed, and you get, right. But it like ends with like having to have a breakup with a girlfriend <laughs> you've been with for five years. Yep. And it's just. <laughs> And you can't it's let her see you cry. The entire <laughs> screen is just zoomed in on both of their heads having this breakup. <laughs> it just keeps game. zooming in on their mouths. <laughs> it's now time for bets. Oh, thank you, Connor. Thank you for the, the love and respect. Questions? I feel like we went for a long time on that one. Oh, we did, yeah. But, you know, that's, that's a podcast right there. It's fun. Fun to go along and on something you care about. Anyway, it's time for bets. Uh, next week's bet, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, releases Tuesday, July 11th. Woo! At this time next week, what we will the trophy percentage be for the trophy Assault Striker used attack 300 times? And we should say we have no idea what that means. Right. We have an idea, but not. We don't is know it, if it's like. Is it automated? Do I have to do it? Right. Does it I, is it me, the party leader? I think it is. Two most likely outcomes, yeah. Yeah. The one you introduced was the actual Push command. Push the attack command. Right. You, is it. 
actually using the attack command 300 times or is it just getting like any attack in from anybody and like, 300 your, times? Your characters gambit away. Right. Yeah. I think it's probably the second one. Sure. But I don't know. We'll find out. Jones, what's your bet? 79%. Okay. What, Jones. So we record the podcast uh, on the 11th. Right. Okay. All right, Jones. Give me big. 60%. Mm. Ian, what's your bet? 73%. Okay. I did 49%. Cool. Cool. And. We got a tight gap here. Is that a four leaf clover? You think that Don? I think that's a four leaf clover bet. or a four Looks like Lee, a chicken maybe? foot. It, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it looks like, looks like a, fist. a Simpsons hand, perhaps. Ooh, oh, he, we got the low end, You got me, Don. You got me. Let we me got the middle in. and the low. Dang. Boom. Don required die to make that call. He's he, like, do you he have two? That up. He rolled two dice. Two d six for me, please. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I feel. And like, he rolled them multiple times. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what he was doing. I feel like because... He was winning is what he was yeah. doing. It's a lengthy game. Yeah. And it's a remaster. It's a game that a significant amount of people will buy but not play immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, we all want to want to play yes. Final Fantasy Twelve. Yes. Yeah. There's too many other things. Last week's bet was about Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> That's why I went high because I thought the number of people who bought it but also played it We'll be we'll passionate. Play it a lot. Yeah. So that's uh, fair too. We'll yeah. See. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy released last Friday. By the way, it sold great. Uh, oh, nice. By all accounts. Uh, which Activision cool. was right. Activision was right. <laughs> they only need those three. I think the I think the price was right, and to include those three games was right. I think that How was just was it? the right way to do it. Forty dollars, three games. I think it was just the first one and twenty bucks, and they're like, and the other two will come soon too. You know, like it's not the right way that they just. They, they made a good package there. Uh, Did good. I went to opencritic.com. I looked at the top 10 most recent reviews, and I searched for the word Mario, and we bet on how many times I would see the word Mario. Jones, you bet zero times. Yep. Bloodworth bet three. Huber bet seven. I bet three. <laughs> and Don bet seven. <laughs> and the actual number of Marios is four. Whoa. One, Wait, did we win? We both won. One point for both teams. Yeah. Because we had two three bets. Oh. Time to split the duties. Split the duties, Ben. You and me. Uh, purple platypi, that bling, brings you to 11 points. <laughs> it wasn't if we isolated the microphone tracks. It would be wrong. But together, I think that was right. That's what I'm always going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's like an underlying yep, gravel. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And then there's like... Blah, 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 and and that was very metal, Ian. I liked and it. And you... What? Uh, <laughs> Red... Was that metal? I don't know. Okay, Red Eagle 7. I only listened to Tom. Those were eagles. The other thing was a hawk. The other thing was a hawk. Before we get into the responsibilities that we've won with our points, Ben, we should talk about Easy Allies. Patreon.com slash Easy Allies. Those 11 respect questions I pulled, by the way, are always from our Patreon. If you give $5 a month to Patreon.com slash Easy Allies, 
you get uh, not just the podcast early, but that's where I call all of those questions from. I make a post to those $5 people, the, the podcast crew, uh, and then it, just a huge comment section of love and respect questions, topics, and games, and I pull uh, I pull those from there, and that's uh, that's where we get that. I guess generally the, it's a bigger deal to get the podcast two days early. I guess that's really why people <laughs> join that tier, and probably not so much for love and respect, but anyway, if you're wondering how that works, that's how that works. Um, but yeah, in, in general, Easy Allies is more than that, more than just a podcast. Also reviews, as we talked about in great depth, uh, Easy Allies reviews are a huge deal. It's a, it's a big part of who we are. Uh, streams are a big part of who we are. Uh, and, and just what's shows, up? baby. Shows, oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You took a breath and leaned into the microphone. Oh, unintentional. Oh, okay. We do shows too. We do shows. Just yeah. And something to say, I guess. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, weird know. ones sometimes. It's yeah. also worth mentioning it's Monday night tonight. Mm-hmm. So if the the most earth shattering news of gaming of 2017 happens tomorrow, that's why you didn't hear about it. You're right, Jones. <laughs> this is the best time to say that. There, there is a dead zone in this week, and that is tomorrow, which is Tuesday. Why the most the 4th of July. shattering that's news would come out on the 4th uh, of hopefully, July? Hopefully, yeah, nothing will Who knows? super awesome happen, and uh, you'll get the podcast on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jones, I figured, yeah, it's not fun to do the podcast on Monday. Last last week we were bragging about Tuesday. We're like, yeah, Tuesday paid off this time, baby. Monday's no fun. Yep. Not a good time to sh- shoot a podcast. No fun for Why anybody. No you know what? I had I think, a good time. I think we did have a good time. We we had kind of stinky news stories, probably stuff I would ignore on any other week. Oh, I see. I think we made fun stuff out of it. I think we had some good discussions this week. We had an electric discussion. We're going to have electric. an eight-day podcast next Tuesday. It's going to be rich. 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 Oh, we get a whole extra day of news. Oh, yeah. Ranch. Ranch. I mean, I feel like you you tossed me a softball. I feel like you really teed one up for me. Huh? Time to talk about goals. How'd you do on your goal this week? I did well. Now Ooh. I have automatic by the Pointer Sisters in my head. How does that go? Na, 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 totally automatic. Oh, ba, yeah. Ba, na, 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 na. That's a good song. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that song rules. <laughs> I sang it way too high just now. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a very good song. Ben, how'd you no do on your goal this week? It. I think That's I did better good. than I usually did. I think I think that whole new world came in. Was yeah, it, was appropriate. It was way better than when Jones tried it. Yeah. Was it? Not only did you implement a song lyric, you did it better than Jones even could. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You. It was part of the conversation. Yeah. Jones yeah. just randomly spouted off lyrics. Yeah. That's the first time I've done anything better than Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. Jones, how'd you do on your goal this week? <laughs> I did it. I only had three lines in. Remind people what your goal was. But I didn't was. promise. Uh, I sang some Footloose. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but failed at, at getting it back into Ian's head. Because you, you, you Ian burned deflected. it a little too he early. Reposted. I think you burned it like halftime. You burned right? it early. Yeah. yeah. That's my mom's favorite movie. Well, it's right after podcast halftime. Footloose is a good one. It's either that or Dirty Dancing. I'll have to check. Mm. They do occupy similar cubby holes. Yeah. Ask her about Strictly Ballroom. Yeah, I don't she Also know a good one. one. No. Well, I'll introduce it to her. Okay. An Overboard. Not a dance oh, movie. Oh, Love Overboard. Yeah. We're, wow. we're an Overboard oh, family. Oh, yeah. Yes. Some of my mom's favorites. Yeah. Can we take five minutes, please? And talk yeah. about <laughs> what is Overboard? It's a Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell classic. Yeah. Who, of course, are married and have been married for a long time. And uh, she's, she's a, a, a rich socialite that is knocked off a boat and loses her memory. And Kurt Russell pretends that... He's uh, that she's his gal, and he goes to pick her up, and she's like, "Well, I guess I'm married to Kurt Russell." And he's kind of more of a backwoods guy, Ooh. lives out it's, on the, you know, and that a, act three, a, a ranch up in the mountains with it. his three crazy kids. Yeah, a, so there's that. It's yeah. a problematic, it's a problematic setup, but they they do. I mean, I don't remember if they like. Is there dancing? Is that why this? They is kill each other in cold blood in the ending, which is actually really interesting. Pretty I, weird. I didn't see that ending coming. So Whoa. sorry to spoil it for you. But, Brave. Uh, it's like but, a uh, lighthearted really journey of passengers. Jones, that'd be the only thing that would make me want to see that movie. Sadly, no. 
Maybe a deleted ending. I don't know. You catch it on, <laughs> like, on Blu-ray. Maybe they it's like the it's like extras. the deleted ending, yeah. uh, the alternate ending of a uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Can you imagine yeah. where it's like so depressing, but yeah. it actually well, makes sense? The way the show ends. Yeah, it actually makes sense. Uh, Some place that's green becomes literal. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine um, trying to get somebody to watch The Witness today? The game with Harrison Ford. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine that? Can you imagine it's like, hey man, you should watch The Witness. <laughs> you can't do it. Or The Mission. I don't think so. <laughs> Huh. I think there are people out there, and I I occupy this space sometimes, uh-huh. that are just really bored. Yeah. And you, you can reach you can reach <laughs> no, a state. This I don't believe. No, man. You, I don't believe you I spend think, a minute bored in your life. All right. <laughs> but I have been uh-huh. in this state before. Sure. It's been many years. Uh-huh. But I believe you can reach a state where you are so bored, so desperate that somebody enthusiastically recommending something, you do, it doesn't go through the normal filters, and you're like, "All oh, right, yeah. I'll give it a shot." But I could never enthusiastically recommend The Witness. Oh, sure. And I'm have not sure anyone. Maybe like an anniversary or something. Yeah, I had to. It, it, it was like a screenplay class script. It is just prime. That's Ford, what I think. Though, that's why man. I thought of that, it. Right that here, early yeah. Ford, uh, '80s Ford. Yeah. Oh. Yes, I'm yeah, so I, I already kind of want to so watch good. The Witness now. I'm going to watch it. Even just a bad cause. Ford movie. In the I 80s dare you. Still... No, I dare any of you to watch The Witness. In fact, I dare any viewer or listener to watch The Witness because none of you are going to. <laughs> Welcome to the comments section. <laughs> it's a dramatic film. Yeah, like, little kid that, murdered. Kyle, Harrison like, Ford's got to protect. There are people for sure watching it out of spite. Oh yeah, not happening. Spite watch. You're getting at least one Witness tweet for sure. I won't believe you. Uh, I failed my goal. I really wanted to throw someone on that electric chair, and I just yeah. couldn't find the right time to. And there was a lot of people early on who I really thought should go on the electric chair, but I didn't want to burn it. You know, I figured I only would get one of these. Yeah. And so I was thinking, like, don't do it. Save who are it. Those people? Save the you electric could have thrown chair. Peter Weir on the electric chair for directing The Witness. Mm, could pretty, even pretty sure that's a Peter Weir joint. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Correction next week. Ben, let's split up the stuff, man. Up. Let's split it up. Uh, one of us gets the right and responsibility to share a Twitter handle. One okay. of us gets to promote any Easy Allies video we would like to promote. One okay. of us gets the final word on anything we've disagreed with or simply want to reiterate throughout this podcast. And one of us gets to sign off with our trademark sign off. What do you want? I'm uh, kind of game with it. What do you want, a- Kyle? We should just pick. So I'll let you have first pick. Okay. We'll draft the response. Uh, my, my favorite part of this process is the promoting of the videos. Okay. Uh, I'll take final word. Okay, great. Um, is there an uneven amount of things? Yeah. No, it's even. No, oh. So you get, you get either Twitter or sign off now. I'll do Twitter, I guess. And I'll take that sign off. Okay. Okay. What do you want to promote? Uh, I want to promote, we, <laughs> we did a group stream tonight. And I feel like a lot of people aren't aware of our Easy Allies Plays channel. And I feel like a lot of people are not interested in watching streams. It's just not their thing. Yeah. Uh, but yes. I think tonight's stream... Nailed it. <laughs> was, also, it's just called Witness. Sorry. was a lot oh. of fun and, and shows <laughs> why Easy Allies can be enjoyable to watch, even when it's just the dumbest thing ever. We're streaming basically a poo Mario Party game. Mm-hmm. And we're just <laughs> laughing. And we're enjoying the game and enjoying each other, and it just feels really good to be a part of. Like, there were some moments in that stream, especially as it went on, especially as, like, what was the dude's name? The Huffle? The Heffalump. Heffalump. Huffalump. 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 Like, that cutscene with the Huffalump at the end? It's terrifying. The day Easy Allies ends, you're going to be doing that flashback. I'm going to remember 
Maybe. I can't even say the name now. The Huffalum. And you're listening to this now with no context. Heffalum. Right. You Heffalum. do not. It's you cannot Heffalum. expect it. You can't. You cannot expect what this cutscene is. No matter what you're Go putting ahead and try. in your head. You can't yeah. do it. Yeah. 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 And so, I don't know. I thought it was fun. Good pick. Maybe Good you'll pick. enjoy it too. What's your uh, Twitter handle? My Twitter, I'm at Ben Moore 35 I had to put the 035 on there because Ben Moore was taken. And my favorite number is 34, and that was taken, so. Oh, at ben Moore, you didn't get your favorite number. No, it's like, it's like four oh. tiers down of what I actually oh. wanted. <laughs> Why is 34 your favorite number? Do you want to know? 34, okay, really quick. It sounds personal, is it? It, I mean, it is, is it but it's like not us. like I can't share this personal. So I didn't have any brothers or sisters growing up, mm-hmm. and... Um, the person that I idolized was just my cousin because I would go out and be like, oh, he's much older than me. He's, you know, he's so cool. He's like really good at basketball. I am none of these things. And his favorite number was 34. And, you know, just kind of that kid mentality. It's like yeah. my number, favorite number is going to be 34. And it's just something that I've never gotten rid of. So that's it. That's oh. that story. Why was his favorite number 34? I think there was – he was really into the Arizona Wildcats. And I think there was a player that had I was going to say it had to be a sports yeah. jersey yeah. at some point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I want to reiterate with my final word is that here's the thing. I made fun of uniracers last week. I said, it's not fun to be a unicycle. Many people sent me videos and said, look at, look at this game. It still looks dumb. Sure. There's kinetic motion. It looks like line rider perhaps where like, yeah, it looks like fun to do and you can do flips and stuff. You still have to, you're, you're a unicycle. You're playing a video game as a unicycle. And I got to tell you, that just looks like no fun to me. I don't want to be a unicycle. Not now. Not ever. (laughs) Tomorrow is forever all ours. I am enjoying these microtransactions.